This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Good morning and welcome to episode number 33 of Go-To Grandma. If you haven't joined us before, I'm your go-to grandma, Kathy Buckworth, the proud grandma of two grandsons, Owen and Cam. But this show is more than just me bragging about them, although it could be. It's about everything today's grandparents need to know, fun and facts for our new world. This week's episode is no exception to the terrific information and entertainment you can get on every show. How active are you? How active should you be? What is the active grandparent hypothesis? Why is physical activity so good for us as we age? There is a new theory about exercise, evolution, and aging that indicates the answer lies in part in our ancestral need for grandparents. Basically, the theory suggests that in the early days of our species, hunter-gatherers who lived past their childbearing years could pitch in to help their descendants survive. It was this physical activity that helped them live long enough to survive to become grandparents. Harvard professor Daniel Lieberman is the lead author on this study, and you can read more about it online at the New York Times. Fittingly, see what I did there, fitness expert and grandma of four, Marika Peterson, is back on the show to tell us, if you do nothing else, you should do these five exercises every single day. Marika has been my personal trainer through the years, and I have the scars to prove it. She used to call her classes Murder by Marika, so you get the idea. She'll be gentle with us today, I hope, but if I know her, she'll be wanting you to work out alongside her during the interview. Pei Chen is a well-known Canadian television and radio personality focusing on food and lifestyle. A big part of Pei's personal life is spent in the role of a pank, professional aunt, no kids. Her family is rich with traditions, and she takes an active role in helping her niece and nephew understand their grandparents. She's going to share some of her tips for aunts and uncles today. Are you sure you know what you're doing when you're online? Are you aware of free workshops that can take you through everything from choosing the right smartphone to navigating through the internet and being able to spot scams which target seniors? Tell Us Wise, in partnership with RBC, has this program. And I chat with Nimtaz Kanji, the Director of Community Investment and Social Purpose Programs at Tell Us, as part of our Take 5 with RBC series. You're going to be smarter, fitter, and more interesting after you listen to this show, I guarantee it. Maybe take the show on the road today by getting out for a walk, and after this episode is over, discovering our previous shows on the podcast if you haven't done so already. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and you're listening to Go To Grandma. Marika Peterson has been a fitness specialist for 38 years and a personal trainer for 25. She proudly represents other age-defying men and women who want to move well as they age. Marika has three grown kids, four grandkids, and she's 63 and walks her talk. Marika is certified in personal training, fitness, Pilates, and recently is teaching adaptive and inclusive online classes. Also, she's newly certified as a barefoot movement coach. Good morning, Marika Peterson. Thanks for being on the show again with us today. It's my pleasure. So you are going to take us through five exercises you absolutely cannot forget to do every single day. <laughs> that is a loaded uh, it topic. Is. So the last time I joined you, we talked about we talked about the importance of weighted movement. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yep. 
So I'm kind of um, using this as, uh, think of it as a part two. Okay. So um, just my prelude to the actual five exercises is to say that unless we're engaging in regular exercise, especially once we hit 50, mm-hmm. we're, if we're not headed forward, we're going to be headed, you know, in a breakdown, a metabolic structural downward spiral. So our future, sadly, will be frailty. Uh, there's no pill for that. So, you know, mm-hmm. we, uh, we move in order to um, stay mobile. Absolutely. So my very simplistic answer to my top five exercises that we have to do daily uh, would be move, 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 and move. <laughs> <laughs> Easy to remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. However, that's very simplistic, but of course, the key to life is movement, right? And mm-hmm. the key to living well at every age is to move well. Mm-hmm. So the underlying theme here is to move daily. I think I mentioned to you just uh, briefly that I recently became certified as a barefoot movement coach. So cool. So yeah, Yeah. through that, I delved into, you know, our human evolution Mm -hmm. as upright walking primates. So there's three movement patterns that we've evolved to do, which are walking, running, and squatting. But I'm going to, I'm going to combine those. Okay. So my top five, bearing in mind what we have evolved to do Mm -hmm. would be squat, walk, push, pull, and plank. Oh, so those are correct. my five. Okay. Yeah. So if you want, we can just kind of, I know today's uh, session will be about doing them. Okay. Let's as well as talking about them. So very briefly, we're going to first start with a squat. Okay. So back at our grandparents, uh, <laughs> decades and generations and, you know, through history, use the squat as a default resting position. So instead of sitting in a chair, we would squat. Mm-hmm. Uh, or as a relieving position that all humans have done. But we've kind of lost it, so that move it or lose it is exactly what happens to us. So I think today our biggest limitation is insufficient ankle range. So some of us have a limited range, so we start, you know, kind of not squatting to our full capacity. Mm-hmm. But wherever we are, we can always get better. So, so wherever we are, we should pop a squat. Is what you're saying. We, that's right. <laughs> uh, no matter what, uh, you know, what progress uh, you make, mm-hmm. you know that you're going to progress forward instead of backward. Okay. Regress, right? That's what we don't want to do. So my very basic first time squat would be a wall squat with mm-hmm. people. There's tons of different things we can do, but a wall squat is safe. You can modify it by how deep you go into that squat. But very, very briefly, you're going to just align yourself against uh, your favorite wall. And, of course, your head, shoulders, you know, you want to have uh, points of contact with that wall. Sometimes our head may not be, you know, depending on how forward, rounded we are, you know, in terms of our alignment, don't worry so much. We don't want to force any body part to touch the wall. But we do want to have the back of the, the upper back, let's say, the glutes against the wall and then stack our heels a little further, a couple of feet from the wall where, depending on your leg length, you want to align the heels generally with the knees, okay? okay? And then I I like to kind of say 90 angle, but of course that's going to be different with everybody. Mm -hmm. But the point is to try to create grounding with a big toe, baby toe and heel, and the heel loosely aligns under that knee. So our core is engaged. We want to really feel like we're pushing our feet into the ground, and that'll help us wake up the hammies and in particularly the glutes. Cool. Okay, core is engaged. Yeah, so that becomes a really nice starting point. And how long can you hold that squat against the wall? You're going to be working quads big time the longer you hold it. 
So these movements, the squat in particular, you know, really helps our hip stability, our knee strength, you know, the joint strength, everything upward from the ground. So that's what I would like to start with. Yeah. And then number two, where do we go? Number two would be walking. Just walking. Right? It is a human evolved motion, movement pattern. And in that walk, of course, I'm going to include walking on flat, walking on Mm -hmm. hills. Our ancestors walked 16 to 18,000 steps, whereas today we average 5,000. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, quite a difference. Crappy steps, yeah. So, you know, the walk, I'm going to include jogs, runs, lunges, any form of walking where you use the lower body, adding more range of motion, adding different tempos, of course, increase in heart rate, all of these things, you know, jumping. I'm going to add that as a, as a form of walking. So, you know, maybe jumping on a trampoline, walking backwards. Hmm. If anyone is listening to anything I'm saying, walking backwards with one hand against a wall, you know, in a hallway, safely walking backwards, not in the middle of the street, is a great way to add strength to the knees. Okay, so knees, ankles, hips. Moving, right? We're moving to number three. Yeah, we are moving to number three. So push moves. Okay, okay? we talked about that a little bit when, in our first time uh, chat. But push moves are basically, you know, you don't need to use weights, but it's so important to posture, to increase bone density, being able to take care of ourselves, pushing a stroller, uh, Mm -hmm. a grocery cart through the snow to your car. Mm -hmm. So it's a life skill, right? And I would say a first form of a push-up would be against the wall. Yep. Angle your body. A smaller angle is easier. A larger angle is more challenging. Angle your body against a wall and really engage all of your core muscles, keeping the shoulders down, keeping width across the chest, elbows 45 from your torso, so we don't want to hike our shoulders Mm -hmm. up, and just push against the wall. Feel even an isometric where you're just holding your weight against the wall is going to help build upper body strength. And then the opposite of push is probably... Yes, well, number four. (laughs) (laughs) Number four on our list is pull moves. So, yeah, it's the flip side of the push. Think about helping pulling a child up on Mm -hmm. the other end of your arm. Think about um, helping someone up as they fall. And a very easy home uh, movement, of course, we're thinking we're not at the gym, we're at home. Grab a long towel, a beach towel, Mm -hmm. wrap it around a banister, spindle in like, Mm -hmm. you know, on your uh, staircase. And then get into like a modified little uh, set position where you're shifting, you're hinging your hips back, but you're still stacked over both legs and core is engaged, shoulders are down. And then you're just going to take that towel and sort of pull right side, pull left side and really feel the back muscles. So forget about the arms attached to the towel. Think about the back muscles as you're moving through your range of motion. That's a super easy way. I mean, of course, you can buy a long band, you can buy a TheraBand, you can have dumbbells. There's so many variations on all of these and moves. I'm just giving you yep. one. And then very quickly, our fifth very move Very quickly, the plank, be... of yes, course, is my course. last move. Yeah. It is true core stability and strength. Again, you can plank uh, in tons of different variations, modified plank from uh, a pillow on the floor, full planks. You know, again, it's something that we practice, we become more efficient. One other little thing I wanted to say about planks is to squeeze the glutes, keep the core engaged, tuck your rib cage, connect it to the core. That's a big thing that a lot of people don't do. Speaking of connection, I wish I had more time for you, but we can go to Marika Trainer on Instagram. That's at Marika Trainer, and find out more tips from you. And we're going to put these five movements in our day every day. Thank you so much for joining me again today. Marika. Absolutely. Really happy. appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Take care. 
Pei Chen is a television and radio host and both a food writer and writer of children's television shows. Raised in Nova Scotia, Pei started her career in kids' TV in Toronto as a writer of preschool shows. She's a happy pank, a professional auntie, no kids. Good morning, Pei Chen. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, Kathy. It's so nice to talk to you. So I know you are a pink or a proud aunt of your niece and nephew. Tell me about them, first of all. Well, I started using hashtag pink after my niece was born. She's just turned seven. My nephew just turned four. And I found it online, uh, P-A-N-K. So it's professional auntie, no kids. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that helps give people an idea of the kind of, <laughs> and I am, which is that I just, you know, I just have someone else's kids to kind of despoil, but they're wonderful. I think any aunt or uncle would say about their niece or nephew, we don't live in the same province, so I don't see them, you know, frequently. So I'm in Toronto and they're out West in, in British Columbia. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's been like, it's maybe like holidays or, you know, through the summer, obviously COVID changed things. I didn't see them for almost two years. Wow. And two years is a big difference when you have a toddler, you know, it was not seeing my nephew from the age of one and a half to three and a half. Right. Exactly. Um, even for my niece, uh, the, the jump between the age of like four and six is a big difference. So, you know, I love being an aunt and it's one of my greatest joys in life. Yeah. So then tell me about your parents. Now, your parents are on the other coast. They're in Halifax and Nova Scotia. What has their grandparent relationship been like with them during the pandemic? You know, I have to say that thank God for technology Mm -hmm. and, and for FaceTime because my brother and I didn't grow up with grandparents. And that was, it's a different time. There wasn't, you know, cheap phone calls or video calls. So we don't have memories of our grandparents because mm-hmm. also our, our grand. Well, I only had one set of grandparents when I was a kid, and that was my mom's side. But we we didn't really know them, and they also lived in Taiwan. So right. it was like maybe letters that my mom wrote or photos that she sent. But the good thing about you know just being able to do a video call with the kids is feeling that you're still connected, seeing, being able to see them, having them be able to see you, and just still have maintaining that relationship, especially for my nephew because he he doesn't remember us mm-hmm. as a one year old or, you know, one and a half. So to be able to keep that sense of connection, I think was really key. And my parents, like you said, they're on the East Coast and then their grandkids are on the West Coast. So that's a big trek for them to be able to see them. And I know that recently you were able to spend time with both your parents and your niece and nephew and brother and wife all in Vancouver. What was that like for you? Did you find yourself in the role of mediator sometimes between parents and grandparents and rules and expectations? I think the role (laughs) of mediator sometimes uh, between my mother Uh and you know it's like it's like the mother-in-law thing like I don't have a mother-in-law but I can appreciate what it could be like and then my mom is also sort of an overbearing person so you know just like you don't like they have parents and my you know their parents are actually very good parents the kids are polite they're I mean they're still kids they have meltdowns and everything but they're polite well-behaved kids in the grand you know scope Mm -hmm. of things so, but my mother, you know, has the little comments, oh, well, you know, don't you want this for breakfast? Or she wants to like change the rules. And I, and I do become sort of that middle person. Um, it's like, it, that's, that's not your place to change how they, you know, eat breakfast. Or, you know, when my brother and I grew up, we weren't really allowed to have sweets. Like my mother was a very strict parent. As a grandparent, she has no rules. <laughs> like it is a free for all. Like I remember being back in Nova Scotia when uh, my brother took uh, Amelia there and she was a, maybe two or three. And my mom would whisper to her about how they would secretly have ice cream like late at night. And I'm like, you, you can't just let her. My brother's like, no, no, she already had a sweet today. And, you know, and Amelia would whisper to her. She's like, remember you said ice cream? 
just you and me. I mean, you can't make these secret side deals. So funny. And, you know, I think it's great that you can be there sort of in the role of sort of the objective observer, if you know what I mean, to say sometimes, and sometimes it obviously as the kids get older might be more serious rules that are being broken, you know, and you can be that sort of confidant for both the parent and the grandkids, which is really cool. Yeah. And I don't think my brother realizes that in a way his parenting style is reflective of how my mother raised us. I think oh, interesting. Be- He'd be insulted if I said that because he is a bit of a firm, you know, uh-huh. firm parent. But yes, then, you know, the grandparent and your grandparent. I don't know if you let the rules slide a little bit, Kathy. It's different when they're, you know. You, you know what? I don't. And that <laughs> maybe doesn't surprise you know me quite well, Pay. I'm a pretty much a rules person, but I'm also. Yes. And I'm not, and I'm not saying at all that your mom is being disrespectful in her grandparenting to the grandkids. But I try really hard to be respectful of the parenting rules because I've been a parent and I remember what it's like to not have that confidence of your own parents. You know what I mean? I mean, like you mm-hmm. want, yeah. you want that sort of, and I always say this, but I remember my mom saying when my kids were little, you know, what do you want me to do? I know things have changed. And that was so nice for her to say that. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I try to always lead with that. Of course, behind their back, I'm probably making faces, but that's, you know, <laughs> that's fine. But I don't give them ice cream at midnight. I will admit to that. Well, they're vegan to begin with, but you know, I wouldn't do that. But speaking, and I wanted to talk about that too, in terms of feeding them and food. And you guys try a lot of food together online with your niece and nephew. I love that. Yeah, you know, like I'm a big food person and, and that's kind of my work as well as working in, in mm-hmm. food and lifestyle and the kids, you know, they're lucky they live, you know, in a big city center sure. where they have a lot of different foods available to them. It was different for like me growing up in, in a small town in Nova Scotia and they're, well, no, I shouldn't say they're both adventurous. My niece is pretty open to things and you know, she has parents who love different kinds of food, but they're also busy working parents and they've got two right. kids and so they may not have the same amount of time to make like you know so when I'm there we try we bake together you know we try to I try to get her to you know do things and that's our you know time together as well to do something that's kind of like a physical right doing versus watching something and, on the and, iPad or what have you and your parents ran a seafood stand in Halifax for many many years and so do they like seafood <laughs> do they like grandma and granddad's food yeah so it wasn't a, it wasn't a seafood stand it was like Chinese food oh, sorry but they do um no it's okay I mean we eat a lot of seafood because mm-hmm. we're east coast <laughs> right exactly but the kids are probably like my nephew's in a bit of a fussy age like he doesn't like eggs. He doesn't like, there's just a lot of things right now, but I think he'll, he'll get over that. You know, Amelia, you know, when she went home, like she, she had lobster and, and crab, and I don't know that she loves it, but, uh, She'll, she'll try it. So I have about 30 seconds left with you. Tell me quickly about the food fridge that you contribute to in Toronto. I love this. So I, I don't have any part in organizing yep. it, but there's a great Instagram account. It's um, Community Fridges Toronto, mm-hmm. and they have fridges set up in different areas of the city. And what it is, the, the premise is basically, you know, take what you need and, and leave what you don't. And it's a way for people in the community who are able to, like myself, to donate food, put food into the fridge and pantry. And for people in the community who um, are food insecure and who need access to fresh food uh, to go and just take what they need. It's not a permanent solution to fighting food hunger or insecurity or poverty, but it does help out the communities and the people who live in those areas who may not be able to access um, food or have enough food. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'll put it in the show notes too, so people can know where to find that. And also they can find you at Paychen, P-A-Y-C-H-E-N on Twitter and Instagram and a YouTube channel. Thanks so much for joining us and sharing some of the experiences you've had as a pank. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Kathy. (laughs) Take care. 
Nimtaz Kanji is Director of Community Investment and Social Purpose Programs at TELUS and is a seasoned business-to-business marketing leader with over 18 years of experience with TELUS. She is passionate about helping people stay safe in our digital world and is currently leading TELUS WISE, a consumer education program focused on wise internet and smartphone practices available to all Canadians. Good morning, Nimi. Thanks very much for coming on the show today. Morning. Thank you so much for having me. So recently I had a guest speak to the TELUS Health Programs, and now we have an opportunity to hear from TELUS as an RBC partner and your consumer education program called TELUS Wise. Can you tell me more about the program? Uh, yeah, absolutely. TELUS Wise is a free digital literacy and online safety education program. Uh, the program offers a variety of informative workshops, online resources, guides, Uh, to basically help Canadians of all ages have a positive experience as digital citizens. Mm -hmm. We cover a variety of topics ranging from things like, you know, protecting your security online, protecting your privacy, you know, protecting your reputation online, also things like rising above cyberbullying, and also using technology responsibly and, and staying well in our digital world. The program launched in 2013, so almost 10 years ago. And since then, we've had over 450,000 Canadians of all ages um, participating in our free workshop. Wow, that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, before COVID, we offered workshops primarily face-to-face. But of Mm -hmm. course, over the last couple of years, we've had to pivot. And and now we're delivering our workshops virtually. Um, And we also have put our workshops online for people to access from the safety of their home. Oh, that's amazing. So when I do this live or I can do it, I just watch a video. Is that right? So on my time. That's correct. You can do it uh, on your time when it works well for you. That's great. So it it sounds like you have programs that cover a number of audiences as well, from parents to kids and youth, as well as seniors. Can you share what else may be available for particularly the seniors in our audience? Yeah, so our Telefly Seniors Workshop, it's usually one to two hours in length. takes about approximately an hour if you're completing it online. Uh, And it's intended for those who are already online, but they just want to learn more about participating safely in our digital society. So We specifically hone in on subjects that we know older Canadians are interested in learning more about. So, for instance, you know, we'll share information about, you know, online common scams that you Mm. need to watch out for, uh, how to spot them, you know, how to protect yourself against identity theft, even, you know, we'll cover what to do if you are victimized. And then in addition to helping seniors stay safe online, we also know that many seniors, they're getting connected for the first time as a result of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so to support those who are just getting started, uh, last year we launched a program called Tell Us Wise Online Basics. And basically this is a series of over 20 concise but really informative videos that teach, you know, basic everyday digital skills. So, you know, like the videos will cover topics on, you know, things like how to choose a device, um, you know, the difference between a wired and a wireless internet connection, um, how to set up a free email account or how to make like a video call and, you know, chat with friends or family, you know, using video apps. Wow. We also cover things like password safety, like what, what makes up a good password. Um, and so many more topics, but it's, it's important to help seniors stay safe online, but we also wanted to give them some tools and resources uh, for those that are maybe just getting started. Wow, there's so much there. As you say, it starts really from what device are you using all the way up to how are you connected and, and what's going to come at you once you're connected, sort of. Yeah, that's right, exactly. This is such a great program. I'm loving all of this, and we can find it at telus.com slash en slash wise. Can you also uh, share how RBC and TELUS are partnered in this? Yeah, so uh, TELUS partners with RBC to support a range of audiences from small small businesses to cross-border travellers. And the goal is really to provide ongoing and special offers for Canadian clients and prospects. It's you know a really terrific partnership with the goal of providing uh, great value for both TELUS and RBC clients. 
It sounds like a terrific program. Actually, as you're speaking, I'm thinking my parents who are in their 80s could really benefit from this. They think they're sort of tech savvy, but then I get worried about some of the things that they encounter online. So I really appreciate this information. I think a lot of our listeners will as well. Thanks again for joining us, Nimi. And we can, again, find it at telus.com slash en slash W-I-S-E. That's great. Thank you again for having me. Thanks. The internet is an evolving ecosystem, and the more information we have about what we can do on there and what we shouldn't do on there, the better. Make sure to visit telus.com slash en slash wise to sign up for some of their free workshops to stay informed and to stay safe. Stay fit by visiting Marika Peterson's Instagram account. You won't believe she's a grandma of four, but why shouldn't you? We all owe it to ourselves to get just a little bit fitter as we get a little bit older. Thanks to Pei Chen for her aunt advice. I know my grandsons appreciate their aunts and uncles a great deal, as do their parents. Extended family is so important. Next week, you're going to hear the remarkable transformation story of Joan McDonald. At 70 years of age, she joined her daughter's online fitness program and lost close to 70 pounds and kept it off. Now she has a huge online following and a fitness app. Train with Joan is a woman and a story you won't want to miss. My grandsons are little, but little grandkids grow up into tweens and teens. Occupational therapist Sabrina Adair joins the show to talk about how to understand your grandchild as they grow into these years and how to keep that connection going. Our Take 5 with RBC series continues with the results of a fraud poll you're not going to want to miss. Thanks for spending this half hour with me. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you'll continue to drop in to hear what today's grandparents want and need to know about. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and you've been listening to Go To Grandma. Share your thoughts on this show with us. You can find Kathy on Twitter at Kathy Buckworth or email her, Kathy at KathyBuckworth.com. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air and The Garden Show.